It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tyler Boyd reports for off-season activities. That makes 87 out of 89 Bengals in attendance on Tuesday. Let's break it down. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're the Locked On Bengals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day, free and available on YouTube, where you can subscribe to this program and anywhere you get your podcast, where you can also follow and be part of that first listen club, be part of that everyday group of listeners that may have heard the Billy Anderson interview earlier this week, the Mike Santagata breakdown of the Bengals rookies last week, the film takeaways. And today we're going to get into some more off-season program, off-season practice observations. The biggest one today, James, is that Tyler Boyd, number three of the big three of the Bengals wide receivers, although the first chronologically was back in Cincinnati for practices. And that makes almost everybody outside of Jonah Williams, who's obviously not going to show up for anything optional. And who am I forgetting? There's an injured player who's not there. Cheeto wasn't there today, but he's been, he's been there for a lot of it. He just wasn't on the field today. So he might've even, been at the facility but wasn't That's there right. on tuesday but tyler boyd back yeah. out there running routes with all the bengals receivers meeting charlie jones perhaps for the first time do yep, you know correct yep okay so a lot of veterany stuff happening there with tyler boyd's return with with charlie jones and with getting back with joe burr and all those things and first things first i, I think a lot of people were wondering where tyler boyd was and he had never missed voluntary that I can remember voluntary workouts and during the off season and certainly not in recent years. And so some wondered, uh, is he disgruntled? Is he bothered? Is he actually, it's as simple as, and he described it as family time, but, but it sounds like he was supporting his daughter as she went through some different dance competitions. And I'm sure there was some travel associated with that. And you, you just, you, you look at it and it's like, yeah, probably not going to, to be able to fit that in with, uh, all, all the voluntary stuff that the Bengals had. So he looked good. He looked like he was in shape. I was certainly excited talking to him in the locker room after practice to be back. He couldn't help but smile. And there were multiple times where I just think he was smiling as he was answering just because he was happy to be back and, and happy to be in that locker room. And it, it's a fun place where a lot of these guys are, uh, 
are happy to be there. So I, I think he was certainly one of them. And you're right. He met Charlie Jones for the first time, was asked about Charlie Jones and, and his contract and all of those things, which we can dive into. But uh, Tyler Boyd was back and he was never unhappy in Cincinnati or anything like that. It just had to do with some family time. Was that a thing? Was that, was that something that people were speculating about? It was about to start being a thing. Hmm. Um, and uh, I've, I've had multiple people tweet me, you know, little things like, why isn't Boyd here? I know we've had some comments on YouTube. I don't think it was that big because most people understood. Like Trey Hendrickson missed voluntary last year. Like yeah. some guys just miss. It's okay. Yeah. Things come up. And especially Tyler at this stage of his life where he's not 21, 22 anymore. Like he, he has a daughter and he, you know, he has a family and stuff. I, I get it. Soak up as much family time as possible. And he looked good, by the way. Got plenty of passes from Joe Burrow. I think he's in good shape. I think he's ready to go. Yeah, there were a few themes, one of which was the camaraderie of the locker room that came through in Zach Taylor's presser when he was talking about Tyler Boyd, when he was talking about what he's looking for in these uh, off-season optional practices. Something that Tyler Boyd talked about as far as, you know, why he came back as he was asked about it, you know, part of it was he wanted to be with his guys. He talked a lot about, you know, love the family time, love spending time with his family, but wanted to get back with his teammates. And that's the kind of teammate that Tyler Boyd has been. That's the kind of guy that Boyd has been under the Zach Taylor coaching regime entirely, really. And and Taylor Mm -hmm. talked about that when he was talking about Boyd and why he sent him out for the playoff coin toss and all those things. As, as another example, one of those guys doing everything the right way referred to or was asked about, you know, Boyd's influence on Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins coming into the league. And when he was asked about Charlie Jones and the contract situation, I, I thought he handled it well. You know, he, he's not really looking ahead for another extension or at least didn't talk about it and, you know, gave the the warning or the caveat that was like, yeah, I might not be here forever, but. Right now, I'm a Cincinnati Bengal. I'll always be a Cincinnati Bengal. And my job is to help this team be better. And that will include Charlie Jones being part of that latest receiver edition that Tyler Boyd will play a part in mentoring. There's uh, Everyone can benefit from Tyler Boyd playing well this year. And I think that that's is as simple as it can be. Yeah, he's in a contract year. This might be his last year as a Bengal. Charlie Jones might also stink at football or get hurt or eight other things happen, and I'm not wishing injury on anyone, but there's a lot of things that could happen where the Bengals look at it and say, oh, well, maybe we do keep Tyler, right? The, the T thing is undetermined. Like, there's just there's so many things that could play out. And while it's, it's real easy to say, well, Jones is Boyd's replacement and all of those things, I, it, it, and I get it. I could see the path to that. But that's one of many paths. And I, I don't think Tyler has let his mind wander too much. And just to go back to his mindset, I remember before he had his breakout season. And so I, I believe that was 2018 when he really got, got in the in the groove and showed what he could be in the NFL. And it, he ended 2017 well with that walk-off touchdown against the Ravens. But that season in 2017, I remember talking to him and he's like, if I don't shine here, I'm going to shine somewhere. And he's just, he's always had that confidence, that mindset. So I just think he assumes, let's go win a ring in Cincinnati. And if they want me back and we can find a, a deal, that's great. If not, let's bring the Bengals a ring this year 
and I'll do what Von Bell and Jesse Bates and Hayden Hurst and all of these guys did this past March, which was get paid. So if he plays well, the Bengals are probably playing well on offense. And and that's the other thing that stood out to me, Jake, is he mentioned. We've talked, our, our everydayers know how big I am on points and getting to 30. And I've set that bar the past two years. He asked about his expectations and he mentioned 30, 35, 40, which I love. My bar will still be that 30 point mark because I, I think you can lead the, the NFL in scoring if you get there. And that should be the expectation for this offense is to be the NFL's best offense. But but he mentioned that 30 point mark as well. So just want to share that with our listeners. Good stuff. And of course, back working with Joe Burr and the rest of these wide receivers. And there are some interesting noteworthy takeaways that we'll get to in just a minute talking about you know what some of this stuff has looked like what the Bengals seem to be emphasizing at least on the offensive side of the ball where a lot of the clips have been uh shared on twitter we'll, we'll get into that coming up next last thought for me on tyler boyd just just in terms of the contract and everything one of the great examples of a homegrown player for the cincinnati bengals you're right broke out in 2018 that was the correct year just to to verify that not that anyone had had those doubts, but came in young, played through age 29 in Cincinnati at least. We'll see if he gets an extension beyond that, a third contract from this team in his age 30 season. Those would be breaking from the norm. But like you said, James, there, there's so many things that can happen. We didn't expect Jermaine Pratt to be back this offseason mm-hmm. as another example that, that's kind of similar where things don't always go according to plan. And sometimes you need to pivot. And this Bengals front office always ready to do that. And is there a pivot coming on offense, James? Or is it just, you know, normal offseason practice work? We'll get into some of the most noteworthy practice observations from Tuesday's practice coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. If you're looking for a healthy snack that is going to taste great, well, look no farther than Built Bar. Whether you're trying to get a protein punch post-workout. Maybe you just want a healthy snack in between meetings. The number one protein bar on the planet, Built Bar, is for you because it's covered in 100% real dark chocolate, high protein, low sugar, low calories, and amazing flavors. You don't have to sacrifice taste for health. And Built Bar covers both bases. They have a variety of flavors, certain that you're going to find one that you love, maybe multiple like me that you love. So check them out today at built.com where they have limited edition flavors and so many for you or in person at your local Sam's club or Walmart retailers. Again, Sam's club, Walmart or built.com. It's built bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's dive into some practice observations next, James. And I'm assuming that your practice observation is going to lead off with something related to, I don't know, it couldn't possibly be 
Joe Burrow and the wide receivers. Are you going to surprise me? You gonna? Well, what do you got? Let, let's see what your first observation is. I know what, what one of the big ones is for me, but I want to know if you were there in person, what, what the biggest takeaway for you was today. Well, first things first, having, having Boyd back, he's, he's the one who leads the wide receiver drills. And so uh, it's uh, it was cool to see that again that it, it's eighty three there and not one or, or five but um, so so that stood out like I said Boyd looked like he was in good shape Jamar catching deep balls from Burrow T Higgins but let's get to the the main takeaway because I think it's it's something you mentioned to me before we started recording something I noticed last week I think something that people have noticed if you're paying close attention to the, to the clips that have came out throughout these, these off season workouts. So let's get to your takeaway because I think it is the lead story. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing to me, looking at the clips that have been posted on Twitter by various Bengals media members, including you, James, of course, uh, at practice and, and doing your video thing is the amount of play action that continues when the Bengals are repping, you know, Joe Burrow throwing to one guy, Joe Burrow going seven on zero, seven on air, almost every clip, if not literally every clip, featuring some sort of play action. And there, there's some other things that if you really focus on Joe Burrow's footwork, th- there are a couple other things that I find interesting, but the preponderance of play action stuff literally every clip I saw today of Joe Burrow throwing a pass was some sort of play action before he threw the pass. And that isn't just today. That's something Mm -hmm. that you mentioned last week, James. That's been ongoing for pretty much every clip we've seen of this offense so far in this offseason period where we're getting, you know, limited, you know, work on air, that sort of stuff, not too intense. But could this signal a change? And an increased emphasis on play action because you're seeing it under center in shotgun. You're, you're seeing a variety of different play action footwork, play action reps from Joe Burrow. And, you know, one or two practices here or there, you know, you, you kind of note it and move on, but this is, this is consistent. And maybe it's just what they're doing on, you know, the, the media practices, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the it might, be, it might just be every Tuesday they work yeah. on their play action. Yep. And, and it might be as simple as that, or it might be that it's a point of emphasis at this point in the offseason. Yeah, I think it would be nice if it was uh, a part of the, the emphasis, just because if, if there was a hole, if there was something you would look at, Joe Burrow, and say you want to get more comfortable doing this, it's turning your back to the defense. And I, I talked about it a little a little bit last week on the pod, like, if this offensive line is as good as I expect it to be, hopefully he does get comfortable doing that. I get it when you have the offensive lines that you had in 2020 and 2021 and even last season at times, especially if you're coming off of knee reconstruction surgery or appendicitis where it was a pretty serious uh, surgery that you had to deal with going into the season. Like all of those things, there's been a bunch of different factors. But he's so good at so much that that's – sort of the the missing thing of and not that it's going to be a huge part of their offense because I don't necessarily think it will be but shouldn't it be there somewhere where, where it can potentially have an impact if needed and the other part of this they need to find ways to generate more explosive plays 
And so finding different ways to, to utilize play action, I think back to the, the Chad, how many deep balls did Chad Johnson have from Carson Palmer that were play action in the middle of the field? And, and that's just something that offense used. And I'm not saying that this is going to be a huge part of what they do, but it could be something. And you're not the first one to notice it. And uh, I, I haven't asked around. I should have before we started recording. I wonder if it's just Tuesdays they work on play action. Because yeah. it might be that simple. That said, it's been consistent. So it's certainly no- worth noting. Do we get Zach again next week? We don't. Do you, so you get him for mandatory minicamp, though, perhaps? Yep. Yeah, we'll get so, him then. If we see it again next week, OTAs next week, we'll talk about the the remainder of the Bengals offseason schedule here uh, in a, in a little bit too because it's interesting. Uh, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get to ask then, or maybe we'll get to ask before then. But on the topic of Joe Burrow and play action and the Bengals in play action, the top of the league last year in terms of play action use was Atlanta with Marcus Mariota, Miami with Tua at 44%, 43% in those offenses. So big, big play-action offense uh, with Arthur Jones in Atlanta. Big, big play-action offense in the, in the McVay-style uh, Mike McDaniel offense in Miami. And then the other end of the spectrum is Joe Burrow and Tom Brady at the bottom of the NFL in mm-hmm. terms of play-action use at 15, uh, 15.5%. Roughly equal for both of those guys, but the least... and the Bucks couldn't the Bucks couldn't run the ball at all, right? So that's that's a big part of it for them. Yeah, and the other quarterbacks that are similar: Kenny Pickett, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco with the Jets, Matt Ryan with the Colts. And out of all those guys, the two quarterbacks in that list that are good are Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. So it's it's a stylistic thing for sure. It could be limitations of personnel to some degree. But like you said, James, there's a few ways in which you would like to see Joe Burrow be better in play action. He was less efficient in terms of completion percentage on play action, which you could see to some extent, but most of the good play action passers in the NFL and the good play action offenses see at least a little bit of a bump in terms of completion percentage, in terms of explosive plays. And they're not necessarily getting that a ton. With, with the Joe Burrow play-action game. And so an area where he could perform a little bit better, especially with relation to the under-center part of things, and there wasn't as much under-center work, but there was a little bit. But a weapon that could be low-hanging fruit for this offense as well, especially when you talk about the middle of the field. And and one of those play-action reps that you can find a video of on Twitter is a on, uh, is a play-action shot to the middle of the field, Tyler Boyd on a, on a deep crosser which I think should be thrilling. Like the idea of getting more deep crossers into this offense is, is really fun. So we'll see if that happens or not. It could just be a Tuesday thing, like we've said. But but I think it is pretty interesting the extent to which the Bengals have appeared to be working on play-action stuff in this offseason program. No doubt. And and like I said, hopefully that's something that uh, – it's one of the holes in their game. I, you know, if you, you want to point out something, one of the flaws, obviously consistency, offensive line, all of those things. But if the offensive line improves, which you expect it to, there should be more wrinkles to help them get to that 30 plus points per game that I expect, that Tyler Boyd expects, that I think Zach Taylor expects. So let's uh, discuss a few other things that Zach Taylor had to say. Maybe some more practice takeaways. Jake mentioned the schedule. The Bengals 
well, they're going to welcome an opponent to town early in the preseason for more joint practices. We'll see if there's any helmet swinging. We'll discuss that and much, much more coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One of the big differences in this year's joint practice should be that there's no Super Bowl history between (laughs) these teams. The Green Bay Packers will be the team for that joint practice. We'll talk about that. A little bit uh, as well. Any other practice takeaways before we dive into the Taylor press or other comments and, and the rest of the Bengals offseason schedule here for the next couple of weeks that that you noticed? You know, Jackson Carmen continuing to work as a number one right tackle right now with LC still rehabbing and, and Jonah Williams not there. That was a note. Uh, some special teams work. Any Brad Robbins notes today for me, James? I think yeah. I, I really like Brad Robbins. I'm excited for him. Yeah, look at you liking the specialists. What a what a one eighty. Yeah, what a one eighty. Punters, the mustache got me, man. Now. It's probably what it was. No, yeah. look, Jackson Carmen. Of course, he's de facto right tackle one, right? I, Lel Collins was. He did bring his cleats out and was getting a little work in on his own. Nothing like the 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 video that broke social media last week. But uh, at least we didn't see anything like that. But was out there making progress. So we'll see. But no, n- nothing too, too major to take away. You know, it, it's uh, th- they're walkthrough style type things. It's about the camaraderie as much as anything. But l- looking at uh, at that right tackle spot, we, we can kind of segue into Jonah Williams. And Zach didn't reveal if he expects Jonah Williams there or not for mandatory minicamp, which starts. Uh, Well, in two weeks, OTAs are next week. These are right now. It's just kind of um, workouts, off-season workouts, organized uh, team activities officially start next week. And then the week after that is mandatory mini camp. I expect to see Jonah Williams for mandatory mini camp. We'll see if it happens. That would be the the time for him to show up. If he's going to do everything that's mandatory, it would be mandatory mini camp. It would be training camp. You saw Jesse Bates miss some of that stuff last year. A bit of a different situation, but similar insofar as, you know, the one year left on the deal on an option kind of thing, a franchise tag versus a fifth year option, a little bit different, but some similarities uh, between those two mechanisms available to the Bengals front office to keep guys under contract for an additional year uh, where where Jonah probably didn't get the extension he wanted. Then he wanted to, to get traded after Orlando Brown signed with the Bengals and all those things. But that's been the reporting this offseason, right? Is that he was going to do the mandatory things is what folks expected to who were talking to his camp. And so we'll see if he's there in a couple of weeks. That is the Bengals offseason program finishing up, though, two more weeks. And then they get a break before training camp. And Zach Taylor talked about that and talked about, you know, why they're taking the approach they're taking that isn't or isn't designed to be anyway incredibly physically taxing. They want to get these guys to June 15th, which was the date Zach Taylor mentioned, which is where that off-season break occurs for coaches and players. Want to get them there as healthy as possible. And so 
Uh, it, it'll be interesting, really, to, to see if Jonah does get back for, for that mini camp, which if the last few years are any indication, won't be terribly taxing either. No, it won't. And I, I do think it's valuable. You, you can't praise Tyler for being back and, and saying how good it is and then dis- dismiss the idea of Jonah missing valuable reps with this team. And right. I, I think these guys will welcome him back with open arms, much like Jesse last year. They undersi- understand the business side of it. And I would be pretty surprised if we don't see Jonah mid-June. So that's certainly – that'll be interesting then, right? Who does line up at right tackle one? How many reps right. does he take? Is he on the side? Like there's a lot there. And, and so I'm sure there will be about 5,000 people around his locker trying to talk to him. I'll be one of them uh, during those mandatory minicamp. Uh, practices and open locker rooms before the practice. So that said, um, the thing I'm kind of excited about last year, the the joint practices, you mentioned it a little bit, the the joint practices against the Green Bay Packers, Zach Taylor revealed this on on Tuesday. One, not two. Obviously, all hell broke loose in practice number two against the Rams last year. But I can already see the narrative if Jordan Love completes a deep ball to Christian Watson. Oh, man, is it time to worry about the safeties? That said, the Bengals are hosting the Packers for a, a one-day joint practice on, on the Wednesday before that first preseason game. Getting it done early in the preseason, which is, I believe, similar to last year. What was it? Last year was preseason game number three. It was okay, number three. So not even close. It was the last one last year. I believe so. so. I, I think it was. I'm, I'm 95% sure. I might be wrong on that, though. I was either the first or the last in my head, and I couldn't remember. I'm going to check now. Uh, but getting it out of the way early, yeah, the, of, yeah the, the third preseason game last year, no training camp frustrations to, to build up to, to the point of the boiling point of a joint practice late in the preseason. Perhaps that will help things a little bit, getting it in early as well, because it's not – terribly uncommon to see the sort of fracas break out in, in some of these joint practices around the NFL in the last few years. It feels like there's been a, a number of scuffles to say the least. And so hopefully uh, this year they get those pre- uh, valuable reps working against another team a little bit with the joint practice, especially for those first unit guys who, you know, it'll, it'll be another year of us asking, and hopefully, again, you know, knock on wood, Joe Burrow getting through a normal offseason where we're asking, you know, is Joe Burrow, are these starters going to play in this preseason? Which is a question that we, we've wondered about the last couple of years where they really haven't done a lot of work in preseason games. I think they'll get a series or two. Ooh. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be much. I think they'll play a little bit, and that's it, the entire preseason. That'll that's- be... I don't think the Bengals are going to change their tune at all. No. Based on, I don't think they look at last year and the start to the season. It's more, Burrow was coming off of uh, that appendectomy. He couldn't have played anyway. Lel was hurt in the preseason. We couldn't play him anyways. And Alex Kappa was coming back. Like, it, it wasn't all we're fully healthy and ready to go and we just didn't play any of these guys. They weren't ready. That's part of it. The guys that were ready also didn't play. Like th- there were no starters on offense that played. You playing right? Jamar Chase without Joe Burrow? What's the point? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a fair question there. You know, going through the process part of it, right? Zach Taylor said it was really interesting. Zach Taylor said the most interesting thing for him to watch in these practices is new guys, new teammates getting in and out of the huddle together, building mm-hmm. that camaraderie on the field as well as off the field. And, you know, mentioning specifically Tyler there, the first time, Tyler Boyd, the first time they've had all three receivers there. So Tyler Boyd, new receiver in the huddle with a new left tackle, with a new tight end in Irv Smith. And so I thought that was a pretty interesting note from Taylor, something that he's been paying a lot of attention to on the defensive side of the ball too, getting out of the huddle, getting into your, into your call where they're, where they're going through that stuff. Um, I thought that was an interesting note from Taylor in his press conference. Anything else James from, from Taylor's press that you want to mention before we get out of here? Not really. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie progressing like normal. Um, Trying to think if there's anything else. Praise Joe Mixon. Said there's a reason they gave him that contract, which maybe that's more of a topic than I, I just hit on. But uh, little notes like that. So, uh, But I just got out of there, what, an hour ago? So I'm sure there'll be more takeaways that we can hit on later this week, depending on what comes up. That's right. And we will have you covered for the rest of, this, for the, rest of the week with the NFL going into offseason mode, James. At some point here, just to give the people a little bit of a warning, we might go into off-season mode for a few weeks as well. So stay tuned. We'll get you updated on what the Locked On Bengals schedule will be as the Bengals near that month off or so that we're going to have before training camp. And, and we'll make sure that we keep you in the loop for when you can expect our episodes. But this week, we'll at least have you covered for the next couple of days as well. So until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.